Episode 191, everybody, with a woman who has suffered an unimaginable loss, losing her son at the age of 19 years old to suicide. Johnny was a bright young kid with a bright future, and he ultimately took his own life uh, after getting addicted and hooked on marijuana, specifically performing the dabbing, what they call dabbing in the marijuana, which you'll hear about. It, it basically strips the marijuana down to the most highly potent THC, and that's what the people are ingesting when they get these dabbing, when they when they do the dabbing operation or manipulation, whatever you want to call it, the, the marijuana becomes extremely potent and leads quite often to psychosis and psychotic episodes. And that's exactly what happened with Johnny. And Johnny uh, ultimately couldn't resist the, the, the demons, the paranoia, etc., and took his own life at the age of 19. I was joined by a courageous woman, Johnny's mother, who has started Johnny's Ambassadors Foundation. You'll hear all about it. And you'll hear about her story and her path and what she's doing to live this next phase of her life in Johnny's memory. With that said, please welcome the one and only Laura Stack. The Optimal Life. All right, Laura. Welcome. Welcome. How are you today? Hey, I'm well. Thank you for having me. Appreciate being here. Absolutely. So take us back. Your son, Johnny, um, passed away. When, when did he pass away? Yes, yeah, sadly, Johnny died by suicide on November 20th of 2019. So it hasn't yet been two years. Mm. How did he um, take his life? Well, uh, the short story long <laughs> is that he, we grew up here in Colorado where we are the first state to legalize uh, marijuana. And when he was a senior in high school, he went to a party where there were a group of boys who wanted to try to get high. And so he tried it. And uh, of course, we never allowed it and, and uh, told him to stay away from it. But he told us that he had used it and he became addicted very quickly. And it was a long five-year battle with him until he took his life. At the end, he was using very high potency, uh, what in Colorado are called dabs. Uh, they're waxes and shatters and very high potency marijuana products, which we can talk about. But sadly, he became psychotic from using those and thought the mob was after him. He thought his phone was bugged. Uh, he said we were in on it, although he couldn't explain what in on it was or what exactly we were in on. Uh, and he unfortunately took his life. And we found journals after he passed where he had written about uh, these, the FBI wanting him and um, really could see the delusional thinking that had set in as a result of using these products. So that day in November, 2019, how old was he at that point? 19. He was only 19. Yeah. And he had started messing with THC uh, marijuana at, at the age of 14. Yes. He was a freshman in high school. It was legalized here in 2012 and then it was commercialized in 2014 and he was born in 2000. So he was 14 years old. Uh, and here in Colorado, it's everywhere. You know, it's very easy to get. Uh, it's, it's readily available. And a lot of people don't know when uh, marijuana is legalized, how much more accessible it becomes uh, to your teens. And here you just have to get a medical marijuana card uh, we call them the pot shop docs. It's kind of a pretty much a criminal type of thing. The 18-year-olds, it's a rite of passage when they become a senior, just 
go to our pot shop doc, you make up some kind of malady, like you have a migraine or a backache, and you get your uh, med card for a few hundred dollars. And then you can legally go into the dispensaries where they are not tracking how much is being purchased. And you can buy these very potent products. Then they take them back to the high schools and the middle schools and they sell them. And so most of the teens here are getting their products from other teens, sadly. So uh, again, back to the November, how, how does, what happens that, that day when he takes his life, how, how did he do it? And, and how did you find out? Well, you know, I don't talk a lot about um, the details, but we were called in the middle of the night um, at one o'clock, the, the uh, coroner was here at the office and a sheriff and Johnny had been here at our house three days before. And uh, he came to the house and said, I just want you to know you were right, mom. And I said, about what? And he said, about the marijuana. You told me that it would hurt my brain and marijuana has ruined my mind and my life. And I'm really sorry. And I love you. And I didn't see that as suicidal. Um, I just thought he was reconciling because we'd had a really rocky relationship um, trying to get him help for the past few years. And it was about, uh, it was one o'clock in the morning. So he died the, the night before and the coroner came in and said, Mr. And Mrs. Stack, I'm, I'm so sorry to tell you that your son is dead. And we were, uh, I mean, obviously so stunned because we, he had just gotten his oil changed um, that day and uh, had gone to a doctor's, a routine doctor's appointment. And he had Krispy Kreme donuts on his counter. Like it was just a completely normal thing. We were not expecting him um, to kill himself. He sent out a Snapchat just a few minutes before he died. And it was a picture of his car odometer. And it had a reading of 133661. And the experts who have studied his journals and um, experts in psychosis said that he had some sort of acute psychotic attack where he thought those numbers were somehow meaningful. Um, you know, one, three, three, six, six, one, it's the, you know, the same up and back, or you add them together or, and the snap was for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction for one extreme to exist. There must be the opposing. And what does that mean? It means nothing. It's just the, the, the talk of, of a very sadly psychotic, uh, young man as a result of all these products. So you knew that he was using marijuana in his teenage years correct? Well, I mean, when he told me he was using it, of course I knew. Yeah. So uh, we did not allow it in any way. Uh, I grew up in a military family. You know, you were more afraid of your parents than you were the police when I grew up, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Um, You know, so we, uh, you know, told him that he will not use it again. It's not allowed. And we just kind of thought that that was going to be it because he had been uh, perfectly a fine before then. He was a 4.0 student. We are very involved in our church. He helped me, you know, we taught Sunday school for four-year-olds. He ran cross country. He played soccer. He played the piano and the guitar. Um, you know, he was just a very uh, normal young man. Um, sorry about my dog. That's okay. That's okay. This, is, this is what we love about this stuff. It's, it's unfiltered. We yeah, dogs, I thought, I thought my husband cooking. had her, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately he doesn't. That's okay. Uh, so, so when he was young, he was perfectly fine. 
And then uh, these products made him more and more and more psychotic. We were in and out of treatments and doctors and to try to help him. Sure, 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 sure. So you guys were doing the whole thing. You guys were, so you guys were trying to help him out through high school um, yes. with treatments and, and therapy and, and all that kind of stuff. Everything you were throwing everything at it. You were helping him out because what were you seeing? What were some of the signs and symptoms that were causing you concern? Well, I mean, besides the obvious, you know, the mom is after me. <laughs> um, he but he was saying that to you. He was Laura. He was saying that to you at sixteen years old. The mob is after me. He went into a psychosis oh, yeah. state very early. Oh yeah, he told us that um, the Patriot Act was named for him. Um, he told us that uh, the university was actually an FBI base. He said that. Uh, you know, don't have your phone on because they're listening to you all the time. I mean, he was uh, very psychotic. Uh, he he stopped going to school. He would. This is a straight A student. I mean, he all the protective factors you know that you can think of. Um, he didn't have mental illness. We don't have psychosis in our family. We went to church. He was very involved in activities. He was a straight A student, and I think that's where. You know, we're working hard here and in our nonprofit that we started, Johnny's Ambassadors, to really educate parents, you know, on several things. One, that this isn't the same marijuana, right? This is the new marijuana and it's not a plant. Uh, it's just a chemical. You know, these dabs and shatters and waxes that are used are extremely potent. There were 2% tetrahydrocannabinol in the 60s, 70s, 80s, into the 90s. And now they're 80 plus, uh, often 99.9% .9 pure in some distillates uh, and vapes and edibles. They're extremely potent. And so it's not the same drug. So the whole, ah, you know, it's just weed. I did it when I was a kid, you know, didn't hurt me, won't hurt him kind of thing, is, of course, is, is absolutely false. It's a totally different class of drugs. So it's right. But let me ask you, Laura, it isn't the marijuana itself itself is it's not the marijuana. It's the it's the dab that they're they're basically adding some type of substance. No, there's no addition. It's a subtraction. So you take away the plant and you're just left with the THC. But they're they're so, manipulating they're manipulating the marijuana. He manipulated the well, marijuana. Well, oh, so you you know you're talking you've got two things that you're talking about. The first is that botanists have cultivated the marijuana plant, so the plant itself is very different. Um, there is no longer any CBD, and the THC levels in the marijuana plant are extremely high. So they used to be two percent. Uh, you know, in grass, you would put it in a paper, you'd roll it up, you'd smoke a joint, right? I used it a couple times in high school. I didn't like it and use it after that. But um, now the marijuana plant itself is extremely uh, potent. The 28% uh, in a plant is very common here in Colorado. There's one botanist who's bragging that he has a 40% THC in a plant which nobody believed because it, they said, the botanist said that the plant could not hold uh, a 40% THC, but indeed he has created that. So it's impossible to buy low THC flour. So we're talking about two different things. So even the flour that you would smoke, right? In a bowl or a joint, that is very potent itself. Anything over 10% uh, in the Netherlands, for example, is illegal. It's considered a hard drug. Um, there are no studies that show any medical 
uh, benefit of marijuana that is over 10%. There are no studies that show any medical benefit of the dabs and the shatters. So you're taking what's already a very potent flower, the plant, and they're running the solvents and the butane and the propane through it, whatever they're using as a solvent to extract the THC. And it breaks off the trichomes of the bud where the THC is contained and it filters out into a tray with the solvent and they throw the plant away. So that's kind of a misperception that a lot of people think, oh, it's laced with something. They're adding something. No, all they're doing is stripping the plant away from the tetrahydrocannabinol. Then they take that substance and they filter it and extract it and try to distill it, try to get some of the toxins out of it, uh, just like you would distill vodka. So if the concentrated solution is like 80%, they'll distill it so that it's 90% or 95%. One manufacturer claims that he has created a 100% pure THC oil. And that is in this case, vaped in a cart. Um, and so these are not additions, things that are added, things that are lacing. It is just pure marijuana THC. So if you think about how you can take the cocoa plant and make cocaine and then turn it into crack. That's basically what we're talking about with a very um, high potency form of the drug. Right. So again, the, the dabbing aspect of it is, is a manipulation of the plant. It's are, removing the THC from the plant. That's correct. They're manipulating the current, the natural state of the marijuana. Just so everyone's yeah. understanding. Well, the this dabs, is just- yeah, is not natural. Yeah, it's not, you know, you can still smoke flour, of course, but even the flour is very potent. And in Colorado, for example, the smoking has gone way down for the teens uh, because of the lungs. And so now- think- do you think that Johnny would have suffered these psychotic states had he not manipulated the, these plants, had he not done the dabs? Sure, because even flour is potent. So you think that all marijuana, no matter if it's more than 10%, I think is what you said. Um, you if think it's that- over 10% and you are a youth, it is harmful. There is no level of THC that is safe for an adolescent, for a sure. youth. Um, Until the age of 25, your brain is forming and the uh, THC, when it gets into the endocannabinoid system and clicks into the CB1 receptor of a youth uh, and binds to it and blocks the natural cannabinoids, anandamide 2-AG, from performing their functions, it arrests the normal brain development of a child. Um, so, yes, when they're used at the ages of 14, 18, uh, 24, until the brain has stopped forming, it keeps the brain's natural, uh, balanced endocannabinoid system from functioning. We have MRI studies where they have shown that youth who use marijuana, um, and this study was between the ages of 14 and 19, they can actually show, uh, depending on how many times it's used, thinning in the prefrontal uh, cortex. And it doesn't have to be these really high potent things that um, Johnny was using. You know, he, you, I think, you know, when he started using the dabs, you noticeably start to see um, greater harms, but that doesn't mean that marijuana doesn't harm uh, a youth at all. 
Sure. I mean, no, no youth, uh, youth can be harmed by anything at, at too young of an age. Our brains, even at 18, 19, 20, you started consuming alcohol or you're in college and you're partying. That's having an impact negatively on the brain too. I would take it until. Well, yes, yes. And um, the CB1 receptors specifically, for example, they're located in the amygdala, which normally regulate emotion. Um, and so when you get THC in there, you get paranoia, uh, fear, sadly, uh, acute psychosis. So of course, alcohol and cigarettes are not um, good for you. But you know, alcohol, for example, is water soluble. You know, you drink alcohol, um, it's horrible for your liver, causes a lot of drunk driving fatalities. um, And you have a massive hangover the next day and you're done. Uh, Marijuana is fat soluble. And so it stays in your fat for weeks. It is uh, very addictive and it takes a long time to get out. So when the teens say, oh, you know, I only use on the weekends. Well, there's never a time when the THC has uh, left their body then. So you have to actually stop using it for four weeks and then see uh, if you can maintain that. Sobriety is very difficult. It's highly addictive. And they have to then continue to use more and more in order just to not feel bad. So um, it's just Is the dabbing aspect illegal? No, it's not illegal. The dabbing aspect is not illegal? I can walk in a dispensary here at 18 years old and buy anything I want with a medical card. No, no, I understand that. But when you actually dabbing, like when they're putting the soluble, the solutions through the the plant and through the marijuana. It is completely legal. There is zero, zero regulation on creating dabs in Colorado. And why is that? Why why is there no regulation? Because we are asleep, asleep at the wheel. Uh, Because the cannabis industry has a lot of money and they are in the pockets of our our government officials here in Colorado, and they uh, look the other way while the pot lobby pays them off and slowly and quietly manipulates these products. These weren't even on the market, Nate, until Health and Environment did buy our children. And so in 2015, when they first started tracking dabbing, uh, in their Healthy Kids Colorado survey, now you see this huge upward trend, 156% increase in dabbing uh, in our teens from 2015. Smoking's going way down, but the high potency things, um, the dabbing, the edibles, the vape, uh, the very highly concentrated oils, all of those things are being uh, are increasing. And no, there is no regulation. There is no uh, potency limit. There is no cap. Now, some states are getting pretty smart about this, like Vermont, uh, when they put their um, marijuana legalization into place, they put a cap. They said flour can be no more than 30% and concentrates can be no more than 60%. Okay, now that's still that's still really, really potent uh, medically, just in terms of over what we know has any uh, medical benefit with these potencies. Um, however, any any cap is better than no cap. Uh, in Colorado, we just uh, ran, we just uh, had a, a Colorado Senate House Bill thirteen seventeen regulating marijuana concentrates passed into law. I was on the coalition that did that to make it harder for eighteen to twenty year olds to just walk in and buy these products. So. We're going to continue to come back and try to get some some potency limits, but Nate, it's perfectly legal um, yeah, to make these. To that's shocking to me. 
It's uh, shocking to me too. <laughs> and but, this is what we're trying to explain to parents um, why it's so different. Yeah. The, the, I mean, obviously marijuana does have certain benefits. I don't know at what age, but anti-anxiety. Not in the developing mind. Physical, now, um, yeah. those kind of things. I, I just, are you against all marijuana? Are you against all marijuana? Of course um, not. You're not against all marijuana. I so have personally less- spoken. I have personally spoken to mothers, Nate, whose uh, one child had a severe seizure, a very rare seizure disorder that literally was having hundreds of seizures a day. Um, and they use a very small amount of oil, THC, uh, and it reduced the child's seizures to just a few a day. I talked to another parent whose child had severe autism. Um, and by using um, a CBD a formulation, not even THC, but a CBD formulation, which comes from the cannabis plant, uh, they, the child was able to go to school. Okay, so but what you're talking about, Nate, with these medical benefits, this is one end of the spectrum. We're talking about a totally different end of the spectrum of children that have no chronic debilitating physical conditions. Johnny was the healthiest child you've ever seen. They are just using it to get high. And because the marijuana industry needs to addict these children because the uh, 4% who are you know supporting 80% of the profits here, addiction is an adolescent onset disease. They have to get these kids young and early um, so that they are using marijuana frequently High, high doses um, at a young age, it's just a trifecta for disaster so that they are addicted and they, it, it, it is an addiction for profit industry. So I'm not a prohibitionist. I'm not trying to make marijuana illegal. I'm not trying to put you in jail for it. Uh, I don't think you should go to jail because you got a little weed in your pocket, right? What we're talking about is educating people about these high potency dabs that are out that they are different, that they are real, and that they are harmful for youth. Parents, unfortunately, are buying the false narrative that, oh, it's legal, it's healthy, it's, it's a healing plant, it's from God. And they're giving children these drugs, thinking that they're helping them. And instead, what we see in the emergency rooms are psychosis, uh, extreme uncontrollable vomiting called cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, CHS. Uh, depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, disorders, mental illnesses are being caused by these things. And everyone always goes, oh, they were self-medicating. They were sad. They were, no, in, in Colorado, it is the, it's the party drug. It is everywhere. And in five minutes, you can get marijuana. So um, <clears throat> uh, what I'm trying to understand, because this is somewhat new to me, and I'm trying to understand. It's, yeah, it's new to a lot of people. That's okay. I'm trying to understand this because I, I do think that I do think that uh, here's an analogy. If I were to alter uh, an alcohol, if I was able to make an alcohol that was 175 proof, obviously I'm putting myself in a very dangerous situation. Alcohol in and of itself might not be horrible. You might be able to have benefits of, you know, just enjoying the drink you could have a, a vodka that's 80 proof or something like that. If I'm able to manipulate that vodka and make it twice as strong as what it is, now I'm really in trouble. So my point is, is that, is it really 
the vodka's fault or is it the person that's manipulating the substance to make it that much stronger uh, uh, that that's having these these bad impacts on, of course, what you had to deal with? Well, of course, the manufacturers aren't going to say it's their fault for making these products. Um, they're making a lot of money on these on these products. And um, at, in the last few years that they've been created, they are making more and more and more money on them because the, the, pla- the plant is being used less. We, we will have to try to do that with uh, legislation. We passed a million dollars here in Colorado, what a cap should be on THC so that they don't do exactly what you're describing and um, continue to make it more powerful. There is no reason, there's no medical reason that products should be that potent. Correct, Uh, right. But it's legal. It's legal, that's the problem. I mean, the problem is that there's no regulation on it, but the the people that are doing these things that are making it, that that are putting the, you know, making it 10 times stronger or or three or four times stronger than it needs to be, it's leading to their potential psychosis. It's leading to some potential de- demise because they think it's legal. Right. They think it's okay. And now, right. Right. And well, exactly. let's just make it's it, let's like, make it 80%. Let's make it a hundred percent. There is a company that has a hundred percent. It's just raw psychoactive. It's, it's like, uh, why would you, you know, um, it's when you think of sports, right. Extreme sports or think of extreme alcohol, like, Everclear, okay, or extreme caffeine, like, you know, the Starbucks latte quadruple shot or, you know, whatever. So this is extreme marijuana. That's really kind of a great analogy um, to think of. And so the medicinal benefits of this extreme marijuana are absent. There's nothing uh, medical about it. And so all of the, it's, it's a red herring. In other words, Nate, it's a, you know, oh, let's get, let's make everybody vote on it. Voters are going to think they're voting for the, you know, weed stock, Woodstock, 2% weed, love and peace. Let's all sit around and be happy, right? That's what they think they're voting for because they don't know that these products are even being made. And now our children are getting a 90% live rosin, right? And, um, and bubble hash and all of these different crazy, if, if you've not even seen these products, you Google uh, dab rig, Google marijuana shatter, right? Uh, uh, wax, look up distillates. You, people will be shocked. They don't even, it doesn't, of course, look like marijuana. Um, because of the consistency, but no, there, there is no reason now. And now we have made these products that are so toxic, um, and our children's brains then are the ones that are being impacted. So I want to hear about Johnny's ambassadors, which is of course has become your, your prime focus and mission. Yes. Um, But before that, looking back, uh, as a parent who might be listening to this, that may be going through something similar. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you look back now and say, I wish I would have done this? And if oh, so, what are absolutely. What I wish I, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was totally uneducated about marijuana. Uh, we didn't even know what dabs were until we found in Johnny, Johnny's drawer, um, 
uh, when he dropped out of his first college because he was in a mental hospital, um, he had lost his scholarship and we went to clean out his dorm room and we found this nectar kit. And we were like, what is this? And we opened it and there's this brown sticky substance that looked like we it had no idea. We asked his roommate, we're like, what is this? And he said, dabs. And that was our very first. So the first thing is just get educated about the new marijuana. It's not your weed. Uh, it's So it you didn't, real quick to interrupt, you, you didn't know about the dabs when he was in high school. No, no, we didn't have any clue about dabbing. So he was doing thought, it. You thought we, all of it, you were trying to understand as a parent, how can this be happening to my son? Because the only marijuana I know is the 2% and it's. Right. You, I thought it's what I used. I didn't even know it was different. First of all, I didn't even know the flower was stronger. I had no idea you could buy 30% flower. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what caused you to be high in marijuana. I was so marijuana naive. Nate, I mean, like I said, I used it a couple of times in high school, but I didn't buy it. It was purchased to me by a friend. I didn't know how it made you high. I just knew it made me giggle, right? And now there's this extremely potent flower. I didn't know anything about that. So the first thing I would say, looking back, is that shame on me. I I just didn't know, and that's why we started Nate Johnny's Ambassadors because I thought I am a, a highly educated. Um, you know, a person who enjoys a very nice life. I was a professional speaker for 30 years and uh, our family was very involved. All the protective factors that you can think of. And, you know, he was a straight A student and you kind of have this mindset as a parent, like, well, it's just weed, right? You know, because that's all you know is from when you were a kid. And so I would just ask parents, please understand the differences in the new marijuana, um, why they are so potent and how they are so damaging to a child's mind. We have all this on our website. Uh, We started our nonprofit six months after Johnny died. I put a very simple Facebook post up um, and simply said, have you ever heard of a dab, you know, and put a couple links and it got it, the original post is still there. It now has twenty one thousand shares. Wow! And three thousand comments. And the biggest comment was, "I have no idea what you're talking about. What is it?" I didn't a dab? know what this was either. I have to tell you, I had yeah. no clue until I re- researched it. Yeah, and and I so that actually was the trigger that started Johnny's Ambassadors because I thought. If this many people who are my age, right, have no clue, and hey, Nate, anybody under 24 years old right now, they know what dabbing is, believe me, and they don't want their parents to know. You can get these little jewel devices, and they think they're using nicotine, and they're using very potent THC oil right under their parents' noses, and their parents have no idea. Um, So get educated yourself. Uh, you've got to put the screw down. No marijuana, absolutely zero tolerance. If you think your child is using drug testing, get treatment, uh, get intervention. It is very serious. It is not something um, to just, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. And it causes in our youth, five times higher incident of psychosis and sadly is seven times higher incident of suicide. So, so ask me how, how does, I know. How does a parent that's listening that has a son or daughter in this position right this moment, they're going, holy cow, this is exactly what I'm going through. And my 
child is is psychotic at times and we're not sure what he, he or she's capable of doing what what can they do in this moment now that you've gone they, through it can they save their child they must they must get their child into treatment before they turn 18 when you turn 18 you lose all control um johnny withdrew all his consents we could no longer talk to his therapist to a psychiatrist to the hospital um, to the doctors, to the universities. And so get your child into treatment. They have to go into a residential rehab rehabilitation. Cannabis withdrawal syndrome, CWS, it is defined in the DSM-5, the Bible of uh, psychology. It is very, very difficult to get through. It's quite painful. Um, and so most of the time they need a 30 to 45 day in uh, uh, rehabilitation, in-house treatment. Wow. Okay. So Johnny's Ambassadors, again, you, we've talked a little bit about it. Explain your mission and exactly what you guys are doing. Well, you know, um, not exactly what I wanted to be doing, but I know that um, Johnny is making a difference. We are sharing his warning that marijuana ruined my mind and my life, and we are trying to get kids. Uh, we use hashtag stop dabbing, uh, johnny'sambassadors.org, and our mission is to educate parents and teens about the dangers of today's high potency marijuana on adolescent brain formation, mental illness, causation, and suicide. So that is all we are doing. We do uh, a video every week with a doctor, a medical expert, a psychiatrist, somebody. We do. We have toolkits. We have uh, informational videos, anything that you can. Uh, uh, we're doing an online uh, marijuana training for teens, trying to get that into schools and churches and um, community groups. So, Nate, this is going to be something that I will be doing for the rest of my life. My world turned a 180 when my son died, and so did my work. So now this so is my work. I'm so sorry. What, what was the last thing? you remember the last time you guys were together? What was the last thing you said to him? The last day we were together, the night before he died, he came, he was here and um, he had stopped taking his antipsychotic medication. So it was a conversation about me asking him to please take the medicine that he needed it. And um, he told me that he didn't need it, that his brain was fine. And then, of course, we discovered his journals. And just days before that, he had was still writing about the mob being after him and that everybody knew everything about him. And sadly, uh, he knew at the end that marijuana was the problem. But part of the disorder in psychosis is that you think your brain is correct and everybody else is delusional. Um, so that was our last conversation, me begging him to please take his medicine. Before I let you go, I just want to know somebody that has to deal with an un unimaginable loss like you've had to losing a child uh how how do you cope in the day-to-day -day? how do you how do you recover i know it, it, your life changes forever like you said what yeah. are some things well, you do to get back to as normal as possible but besides this johnny's ambassadors which is obviously a huge thing what are some of the things that you do to uh cope with this loss well for me you know this has been obviously a huge part of my healing process and I think I've healed you know I'm I'm going through the healing process much more quickly I think than other people would have but for us it's been um our faith in in the Lord um finding comfort in him our extreme outpouring of support 
from friends and family that we've experienced. Our, our family has grown uh, much closer. We've done a lot of therapy, um, therapists, and uh, we did a program called Grief Share um, online during the pandemic that was very healing for us and one-on-one uh, -on -one individual therapy as well as couples therapy. You know, we just, we work very actively on our grief. Um, it's not something we're ever going to get over, but I'm going to get through it. Um, and I continue to, to work on it. And our daughter got married uh, in June. So there's joy um, kind of mixed in uh, with the grief. Yeah. But uh, I miss him every day. It's never the same again, uh, you know, no, right? No, I, I, I can't speak from experience like you can, but even at your daughter's wedding, when it's this most joyous time, you always still have that, that grief. Yeah. Inside. yeah. She had a place for him in the processional. He was an honorary groomsman and we all paused in the place that he would have walked. Mm, geez, that had to be gut wrenching. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, Johnny's <laughs> ambassadors, uh, Laura, Laura Stack, we will link you up in the show notes and um, blessings to you and your family continued. Uh, recovery you, and, and uh, we'll be watching you. I appreciate it so much for the opportunity to share with your listeners. Thank you.